Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Welcome to episode 220 of the Leading Learning Podcast, which happens to be our first episode of 2020. We kick off the new year and the new decade with a conversation with Tara Bryan, Tara is founder and CEO of TLS Learning, an e-learning agency that provides custom learning solutions to companies looking to create learning experiences that move the needle in their organization. Salisa, what do you and Tara talk about? Well, we get a little meta and focus our discussion on podcasts, in particular, educational podcasts. Tara is the force behind the Course Building Secrets podcast, which first aired in 2019. So she brings hands-on experience rolling out a podcast, and she has serious chops in learning design and development. In our discussion of educational podcasts, we also touch on microlearning, formal versus informal or workflow learning, storytelling, and the learner journey. So whether your organization already has an educational podcast, whether you're considering launching one, or whether you're not contemplating a podcast but are interested in new ideas for how to support your learners on their journey, this conversation is for you. And what reflection questions will listeners find in the show notes for this episode, which of course can be found at leadinglearning.com slash episode 220. Well, I have two reflection questions to offer, or maybe more accurately, clusters of questions. First, how good is your organization at capturing what Tara calls tribal knowledge? How might you do a better job of capturing tribal knowledge and making it available in a meaningful way? And second, do you treat formal training and workflow learning with equal importance, as Tara argues you should? What approaches do you use to support workflow learning? Would an educational podcast make sense for your learning business? Well, it sounds like tacit knowledge and informal learning are at the root of those question clusters you offer, Salisa, and uh, certainly important concepts to keep in mind as you're reflecting. Now, along with those reflection questions, we want to point you to the learning business maturity model as another resource to accompany this episode. Now, the model articulates the characteristics and practices of a mature learning business or line of business, as well as the stages that typically precede full maturity. And it's intended specifically for market-facing organizations or unit within organizations that focus on lifelong learning, continuing education, and professional development. The model is a framework to help you assess capabilities and surface problem areas and provide a clear way to move from problem to opportunity and then, we hope, to innovation. 
And one thing Tara emphasizes is the need for a strategy. And strategy is, of course, one of the five domains we outline in the maturity model. And then the idea of offering an educational podcast speaks to the portfolio domain. So this episode may get you thinking about your strategy and your portfolio, and the learning business maturity model can help you in that thinking. You can access the model completely free of charge at togoras.com slash maturity hyphen model. And now let's roll the conversation with Tara Bryan. Hello and welcome to the Leading Learning Podcast. I'm Salisa Steele and today my conversation partner is Tara Bryan, founder and CEO of TLS Learning, an e-learning agency that provides custom learning solutions to companies looking to create learning experiences that move the needle in their organization. Tara, welcome to the Leading Learning Podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here. So, you know, obviously that was just a tiny brief introduction that I just gave there. What else would you like listeners to know about you as background for our conversation? Yeah, no, that's a, a, a great kind of overview. So I have, uh, I started TLS Learning about 15 years ago and have been sort of in learning and development and uh, creating learning experiences for a, a much longer time than that. And, um, and it's my passion. It's what we love to do. We're in the trenches every single day, really creating learning experiences that move the needle, that make a huge difference um, to the success of learners in their organizations um, and anything that they want to um, do to get better. So that's what we do. I also um, do a lot of training, consulting, and education for learning uh, practitioners to kind of up their game. So do that as well. Well, great. And one of the things that I didn't mention um, in my intro is that you are the host and, and driving force behind the Course Building Secrets podcast. And I believe that first aired earlier this year. Is that right? It did. Yep. Yep. So we're about 82 episodes in, um, which is super exciting and, uh, and tons of fun. So yep, the Course Building Secrets podcast is, uh, is something that we use to give practical tips and, um, and sort of real life, uh, examples and challenges for people who are, um, building courses. And so, you know, you, you got into the premise of it there. That's sort of really helping people who are trying to, you know, roll up their sleeves and, and get a, a, an online course built. But talk a little bit though, if you don't mind about kind of what prompted you to, uh, take, um, this, this path and start the podcast focused on this. Yeah. So, so at, of course, as, you know, um, people who are creating learning businesses, it, it's really important to get your message out to the world. And, and that was one of the things where, um, you know, I needed to step into my um, expertise and get my message out in a bigger and broader way and really decided to do that through podcasts. Um, and it's been a super fun journey. And, um, and so really looking at how do we help other people um, create their online course business, how to, how to launch their signature course for the very first time, um, or really enhance what they're doing in their business to make a bigger impact for their learners. Well, so it was actually the, the work that you're doing around educational podcasts that brought you to my attention. And so I would love to focus on that educational podcast and, and hear from you in terms of what do you see as the, the primary strengths or kind of the most promising possibilities of podcasts and using them for educational purposes? Yeah. So the, 
the work that we do is we create custom learning solutions, primarily for large corporations um, and sometimes for their customers and, and, you know, a lot of times for their employees. And one of the biggest challenges is how do we get learning closer to um, not only the learners themselves when they need the, the learning, but also, um, you know, get it out faster. And a, a lot of times, you know, there's, two, there's various methods, right? You can do audio, you can do video, or you can do writing. And, you know, online courses is, is you know, interactive and writing and, and a lot of um, video. Um, but a lot of times there's a big barrier to entry for that, right? Either interactive learning is, is difficult to learn um, or on the video side, like a lot of times people are uncomfortable being on video, Mm. And so audio or podcast becomes a really easy um, sort of entry point for people to find their voice and for people to just get over some of the the challenges that they have over being on video specifically or, you know, kind of the 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 fear of the tech, if you will, um, when it comes to interactive learning. And um, and and so you know, it's, it's fascinating, right? If you put a video camera in front of someone, especially like a subject matter expert, so someone who's an expert at what they do that needs to teach someone else, um, you put a video camera in front of them and all of a sudden their personality changes. Mm. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, blah, right. And so that was a huge barrier to um, not only capturing the message of the subject matter experts that we're working with, but with some of the people who had to um, produce video. And when you just give somebody a microphone and say, you know what, just talk, just record, or, you know what, let's do an interview and I'm going to ask you some questions and all you have to do is answer the questions. It, it automatically um, takes away a lot of sort of the extra um, pieces. And so we found that it's a really effective way to get um, get great content out of subject matter experts without some of the other sort of things that are involved with that. So we do a lot of um, interviewing to help get um, the right level of content and the right content without all of the other kind of things in, in there. Hmm. Well, and I think too that, um, you know, you talked about sort of the, the, there are other options, of course, the audio, the text, and you sort of talked about what you see is the, the benefit of just the, the audio only that it's much, can be much less intimidating for the subject matter expert and, um, also can help focus in and, and kind of, uh, get down to what, um, needs to be taught. I'd be curious too, if, um, if you view educational podcasts, um, as, uh, as micro learning or sort of micro learning only, or if you think that, um, they can kind of be, um, also perhaps longer form, just, just your thoughts on sort of how podcasting and, and micro learning might fit together. Yeah. I mean, we definitely, you talk about it as, um, it, you know, as an informal or micro learning event, right? So when you're looking at the full learning experience, you have sort of the, the um, pre-experience, right? You're pre-framing, getting people ready for the learning. You have a formal learning event, and then you have the follow-up um, or learning, um, learning retention, things that are ha- activities that are happening afterwards. And so we definitely think about it for sure to be those little micro pieces that can be added into a training, but it also could be part of a more formal sequence. So one of the ben- biggest benefits of podcasts is um, it, it, it allows people to learn where they are, right? So it, it 
puts people in a place where they're learning a lot of times during their discretionary time, right? So you have a salesperson and they're learning while they're driving or flying or, um, you know, kind of out, out doing their sales calls. You have somebody who is primarily spending time on the road. Uh, maybe they're, um, they're, you know, out fixing things on site. You can, you can provide them with learning in a way that they can consume that's safe and also provides them with training. And so it's just a different way to think of it, right? Is that it can actually be structured to be a more formal learning event. Um, but primarily we use it as sort of reinforcement and pre-framing on the front and back of a learning experience. Mm. Well, and I, I want to talk a little bit more about, about that and especially this idea of kind of, of, of workflow learning, but Right before we get there, you know, I asked about kind of what you see as the strengths of, of podcasts. I want to ask the, the flip side of that and, and ask, you know, are there weaknesses that you think are sort of inherent in the format or weaknesses that you've come up against as you are working on different educational um, podcasts? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that as with any, um, any media, there are some disadvantages, right? Like if you are you know, doing too much multitasking while you're listening, then, (laughs) you know, you're not going to be fully paying attention. Um, If you are um, that type of person who learns best by watching something or, you know, taking action and, and doing an activity, then podcasting isn't going to be the best method. Right. Um, But it needs to be, it needs to work on both sides. Sometimes it's, it works really well for the person who needs to teach. And so it's a great way for them to get their message out that maybe somebody wouldn't get. One of the, one of the strengths of it, sorry, I'm going back to strengths, is um, you're capturing tribal knowledge, right? That you wouldn't necessarily capture if you were doing something more formal. And so, um, so that at least puts it in a place where you can do something with it and then you can turn it into something um, else later if you needed to. Um, but so, cause some people aren't necessarily great listeners. And so mm-hmm. you, you may lose a couple of people with that. Um, but it's all part of the full learning strategy, right? Like you wouldn't do all of your training and with one method, you would change it up. And so it's just part of that whole piece. I think the, <laughs> the other thing is, is that like, you have to kind of be interesting when you are speaking, right? <laughs> you put somebody on on the microphone, just as just like you would do in a camera, and it's like blah, 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 you know, like no way, nobody's gonna pay attention, and they're gonna turn it off. Um, and so that would definitely be part of it as well. As you can have a little bit of personality in order for it to work, <laughs> right? Very good point. Uh, you know, and so to to go back to kind of where, where you already started, and you know, we already touched a little bit on kind of you know the using podcasting as kind of one um, option in the toolkit that's available to to us as part of a, a, an overall approach to, to learning. Um, but I know, too, that you've um, written about kind of the, the need to separate um, formal training and from workflow learning. And and actually, though, to separate them, but but not to kind of um, make one lesser than, but that they're both equally important. And so I, I would just love your thoughts on kind of, um, you know, that how podcasts um, really support that that workflow learning, which I think you began to, to get into a little bit around um, uh, kind of, you know, reaching the, the learners where they are. But any other thoughts there on sort of how that might work and or how it might be different if you're using a podcast and more of kind of as the, the, 
the main sort of formal training element? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that we do is that we focus heavily on the learner's journey, right, and what the experience is that they need in order to be successful. So, so often in a formal learning event, we're thinking about skill building, right? We're thinking about what do they need to be able to do in order to be successful. So they're practicing um, you know, different scenarios or they're doing simulations or they're doing some type of activity that's allowing them to practice what they need to do to be more successful. Podcasting and different sort of informal learning events around that really support um, real life examples, right? So it gets into storytelling. It gets into how do I apply this? What are the stories around that in terms of, um, you know, oh, so-and-so had um, this situation and, you know, yes, the steps are one, two, three, four, five, but here's how they went through that with a real person. That level of storytelling and um, examples that, that other people can provide really gives the depth to the skill tr- skill enhancement that they're getting in a training. Um, And so I believe that podcasting is a great way to capture that. Um, And it's a really easy way. And and it's got a really low barrier to entry um, to capture those stories and those real life experiences that people are having. Well, so, you know, you've already begun to get specific there, which I think is great around how a a podcast might um, be used to support or, or convey kind of training material. But, you know, other ideas or suggestions that you have for sort of how to structure an educational podcast? I mean, I know you've, you mentioned uh, interviews with subject matter experts um, uh, already that's come up and you just were sort of talking about this, this storytelling as a way of conveying examples. Do you have other um, thoughts that kind of occur to you as, you know, what form educational podcasts might take? Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of different um, ways to sort of lead with how you want your podcast um, to be, right? So it's stories, it's news, it's interviews, it's um, sort of, you can do educational nonfiction or more educational, right? Maybe, so the Course Building Secrets podcast, for example, is really focused on tips and secrets to help people be successful, right? So we do interviews and we do storytelling, but it's really also based on like, okay, here's your quick thing that you need to go and take action on. So there's lots of different ways that you can lead with it in terms of how to create and enhance your educational podcast. Hmm. And so, you know, if, if an organization is listening to this conversation and thinking, you know, I, I think that an educational podcast could be uh, an ingredient um, in our, our strategy as we're looking at what we're offering do you have recommendations for kind of, you know, what to do as a first step or as first steps if that organization is just beginning to consider, okay, educational podcast? Yeah, I mean, of course, the very first thing that you need to do is really look at your full learning strategy and and, and where it fits. Um, you know, so often I think sometimes companies just say, oh, yeah, this is something that's really popular right now. Let's just grab it and do it, <laughs> right? So we want to put it into the the mix of of the strategy and make sure that it makes sense. Um, but then once you've done that, it's really determining, um, you know, who your audience is and what kind of podcast you want to lead with. Um, and, and, and really looking at those two pieces in, in terms of, you know, who you're going to be serving and, and what is it that you're going to focus on and it will evolve over time. So you don't need to stress too much about like the specifics of, of, you know, all of your topics, but 
you know, those are the two primary places to get started. Okay, so really looking at the the full learning strategy and really making sure that you're clear on where the podcast fits, how it supports other elements, where it might be filling a gap that exists. Um, do, do you have thoughts too on on educational podcasts as sort of an ongoing phenomenon? You know, like we, we launched the Leading Learning Podcast um, uh, four years ago, and we're you know just moving forward and, and sort of no end in sight. Um, versus uh, saying, you know what, we're going to do a five week or six month or whatever it is, um, you know, educational podcast really focused on, on a particular, you know, framework or or structure and that you really know that and have that laid out. And, and so it's much more of a a time limited offering. Any thoughts uh, around kind of uh, whether both approaches are are viable or what to think about whether you might want to do more of the time limited versus sort of open-ended? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think that um, in my opinion, again, it goes back to what your goal is, right? Mm. Like, so if you're creating, if you want to create a podcast that goes to a wide audience where you're, you know, focused on a topic, but you can, um, you can really keep engaging them over time, then yeah, a, a, a long-term podcast is the way to go. If you're looking at creating a podcast for a particular uh, curriculum or topic, then that may have a different um, time limit to it, right? The, the thing I would say is like, don't create a separate one for a course, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't just keep creating different podcasts for a, an individual course that you're doing. You know, bucket it around a, a topic, right? So maybe leadership or or management development or whatever it is you're selling, right? Like, like put it around that topic and then make it into something that continues to grow over time. Um, but you know, I mean, there certainly would be a case for making it a shorter term, um, podcast. I think that distribution would be a little bit different if Mm. you're doing just a short term podcast, but, um, but certainly, you know, just a a series or a, a show, um, would be, would be absolutely appropriate if, if that was your goal. One of the things that I will say just from a production standpoint is that um, if this is a strategy that you want to add to your business to sell your courses or to enhance the experience that your audience or learners have is that, you know, over time you will find your voice um, and sort of your cadence for your podcast that it may be totally different than what you thought when you first started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if you have found that with, with your podcast, but it, it tends to evolve um, based on your audience and based on, you know, what's happening out there in the world. And, um, and so you can keep it going for a long period of time. Um, one of the questions I get a ton when people are starting a podcast is, how do I know what I'm going to talk about? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like I can, I've got one topic. And the, the, the beauty of it is, is that once you get started, then all of a sudden, all these ideas like start to materialize and, um, and, and you're just, you get excited to share them with your audience and, and really dig into different topics. Well, no, I definitely think that what you just described is exactly what happened to us with the Leading Learning Podcast. We started it initially as as part of um, uh, some promotional activity around an event that we, a place-based event that we were going to hold, and then just realized that, you know, there was 
there was something there that we could keep doing that. We could keep having uh, interviews and conversations. And so, of course, we initially talked with the folks who were presenting at that event, um, but then we've definitely morphed over the course of the year. So, yeah, I think that you're absolutely right about finding your voice and, and finding the cadence and even kind of refining the, the focus over time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, y- you know, we've been focusing on podcasts, but I know that that's really only a, a small slice of, of what you know and do with learning. And so maybe as we begin to wind down here, um, let's go big picture. And I would just be curious for your thoughts on, you know, when you think about the what's out there on the horizon for learning, um, you know, what is it that you see as, as something kind of new or different that that most excites you? Or what are you hoping might happen in, in the learning field in the next, you know, let's say five years or so? Oh, that's such a great question. I love that question. Um, so like I mentioned at the beginning, like I am passionate about all things, um, learning and how we can enhance the learning experience for the people who are, who actually need what we have to offer. And I think for me, one of the most exciting things is, is the concept of a learning experience and that it's not just about going to a classroom. It's not just about taking an e-learning. It's really that shift from, content-centered, you know, learning events to how do we bring learning experiences closer to our learners when they need them um, and provide them with opportunities to practice and, and really immerse themselves in being able to be more successful in what they're doing so they feel like they can win, right? Um, the other thing is, is that I love the fact that we're moving from sort of on demand to on the go learning. Mm. Um, and so we're, what I, my dream is for the industry is not only to create really great learning experiences that move the needle, right? That's, that's number one, quit, quit doing content-based learning where you're just lecturing. Don't do that. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is like, we need to constantly be evolving to what's happening out there in the world. People are, you know, using their phones, they're using different, they're going to Google, they're doing all of these things and we need to match that. So we're moving forward with what's happening out, out in the world. And that makes me excited when we could create, um, learning in a way that makes it feel like it's just, um, part of, um, somebody's success path. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of like the one step beyond workflow learning. It's like life flow learning or something yeah. as we get it up Yeah, there. totally. So next to last question, this is one we ask of all contributors to the Leading Learning Podcast, and it focuses on your own personal learning. And the question is, what is one of the most powerful learning experiences you've been involved in as an adult since finishing your, your formal education? Yeah, so I am... A- obviously a lifelong learner, right? I don't know if you can be in this field without being passionate about learning. But, um, but for me, I would say the biggest game changers that I've had in my own personal learning is to be part of um, sort of high-end mastermind coaching programs where um, we, it's, it's a group of people who are all moving in the same direction we meet live, we meet on Facebook, we meet um, on the phone, we have coaching, we have, you know, that sort of immersive experience where, again, it's, there's, you know, online or on demand, there's classroom events and different things like that, but really investing in my own personal growth so I can continue 
to provide awesome experiences for the people that I'm working with is what's really important. So for me, it's really being involved in um, in high-end mastermind programs that really are focused on coaching and growth. Mm, so kind of another shout out for the importance of social learning, peer learning, where you're really with that that group of, of peers who are similarly on this trajectory to just improve themselves and improve the work that they do. Right. And I would be um, remiss if I didn't say that I also listen to a ton of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, excellent. So last question is just um, if listeners want to know about more about you, more about your work or connect with you, where, where would you have them go? Yeah. So um, there are a number of different places to find me. And, um, you know, I, I'm, of course, on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, Facebook, we're, we have a group called Tara Bryan Live, where um, we're engaged in uh, additional conversations beyond the podcast. Um, obviously, the Course Building Secrets podcast is a great place to connect in with what we're doing in um, the course building world. Um, and uh, tlesslearning.com is the main agency site, and taralbryan.com is uh, my personal site. Well, great. We'll make sure to get all of that into the show notes for this episode. Tara, thanks so much for taking time for the Leading Learning Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. That concludes the conversation with Tara Bryan. To get show notes, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 220. And the show notes will include the reflection questions. And those are, one, how good is your organization at capturing tribal knowledge? How might you do a better job at capturing it and making it available in a meaningful way? And two, do you treat formal training and workflow learning with equal importance? What approaches do you use to support workflow learning? Would an educational podcast make sense for your learning business? When you check out the show notes, you're going to see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear, and if you're not already subscribed, we would be truly grateful if you would, as that helps us get some data on the impact of what we're doing. And we'd also be grateful if you take just a minute to give us a rating on Apple Podcast. Go to leadinglearning.com slash Apple. That'll put you in the right place. And Salisa and I personally appreciate your rating and review. And those reviews and ratings also help the podcast show up when people search for content on leading a learning business. Finally, consider following us and sharing the good word about leading learning. You can find us on Twitter by going to leadinglearning.com slash Twitter on Facebook at leadinglearning.com slash Facebook, and on LinkedIn at leadinglearning.com slash LinkedIn. We also encourage you to use the hashtag leadinglearning on each of those channels. However you do it, please follow us and help spread the word about leading learning. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.